<laughs> I mean, has she eaten today? Have y'all? Oh no! Have y'all checked to see? If she, that's the thing that that's that's the thing that dudes do, right? Hey, babe, you, you ate today? Just text her. Literally text her. Has she eaten today? I can actually see why she. You know, it, it's not accurate. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Sapri706. This is KTSC Ab Podcast. But we don't do nothing, we just kick it. Right now, it's just me and Marcus Sniffles, uh, AC3 Savage. He's uh, having migraines, you know, he couldn't stick it out, you know, like the flu game, like Jordan, I guess. Um, El Chapa is AWOL. Um, yeah, so it's just us, solo dolo, bringing y'all the latest uh, and greatest. Marcus, what is going on? Not so much. Just uh, finish my taxes. Just if if you're gonna do your taxes, just take your time doing it because I forgot to enter a certain number, and I initially thought I owed like ten thousand dollars. So I started uh, looking into leaving the country, but then I re looked at it. <laughs> so I re looked at it and figured out that I was missing a number. So I do not owe the government ten thousand dollars. So I'm I'm good. I'm in a better place right now. Yeah, uh, that's. I still haven't done my taxes. I'm, I'm too turned up right now, so I, I work on that probably today. But yeah, ain't nothing going on on the, these parts. Been running the streets, you know. Got my first vaccination, so I'm feeling really good. Oh, Actually, I'm schedule, people, I'm scheduled yeah, I've seen a lot of people in my timeline uh, getting their vaccinations. Some of my people from Atlanta and Georgia, you know, doing the responsible adult thing and not, you know. Still acting like you're above vaccine, but drink white monsters every day and, you know, have sex with women you met online <laughs> without protection <laughs> or men. So, yeah. That, so shout out to the vaccine gang. But anyway, so uh, prayers up to DMX, who has recently been hospitalized due to a reported drug overdose. He is 50 years old. There's some conflicting reports coming out. They're saying that he experienced a heart attack that was triggered by the overdose, according to Billboard.com. But there's people saying that he's in a coma. Then there's people saying he's off life support. He's on life support. Uh, I think the last word is that he is still on life support, that people put out wrong information. And, uh, you know, hopefully he pulls through. You know, Twitter is in a tizzy. You have the people coming on Twitter talking about, like, oh, you know, I've never seen all y'all DMX fans. The same thing that happens when people are you know, in dire situations, like people want to, you know, show their fanhood, I guess. But but then you always have the the counter, you know, programmers that are like, oh, I don't even like DMX like that. Y'all are faking the funk or whatever. So, but I mean, I, unless you're like, shit, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, you probably don't understand like how big of an artist DMX was because he kind of, you know, fell off due to his personal issues. But there was a time where he was like at the top of the game. Like he's done things that many rappers have not pulled off as far as album album success wise. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully he's good to go. You know, hope for the best. But it's not looking too good. So, Mark Marcus, what are your thoughts? I am I am not happy about this. I do not want any any of this to happen. I'm not. This is this this feels a little a little too close to. Uh, I guess a little too close to home because, like, I was like 11, 12 when DMX came out. So 
DMX is a pretty big part of my childhood. Even even though looking back on it right now, I should not have been listening to DMX because his lyrics are terribly like you know inappropriate. But he he's one of our great rappers. You know, he's one of our great artists. And uh, people are saying, you know, I, I haven't seen any any of those tweets about you know like you know your guys are faking being DMX fans. You know, when's the last time you listened to DMX? It's just like. You got to be of a certain age, you know, and if you weren't if you weren't outside when certain songs and certain albums dropped, if you weren't around in 1998 when Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood and It's Dark and Hell is Not dropped in the same year, both going platinum and number one, you don't know the impact of DMX. Like, I don't know. uh, I don't know if anybody has ever done that, if anybody's ever dropped two albums in a calendar year and they both go number one. Like that's fairly amazing, you know, and for yeah, a rapper at that. For rap wise, like yeah, you think about that, that's really impressive. Like the, the Drake's and the Jay-Z's of the world have not pulled up that, that feat. The J. Cole's who's, you know, go platinum with no features. He has not pulled this off. So he, he has an impressive career. Uh, and these weren't, and the, those weren't like, those weren't money grab albums. Like, those are like borderline, people would argue, classic albums. You know, there, there wasn't just like, like, well, you know, I'm hot right now. It wasn't kind of what, uh, like what Griselda is doing, where they just put out multiple projects. Not saying that those are money grabs, but those are quick little light, not, not light, but, you know, they're just throwing out, you know, six, seven song albums or whatever and just putting it out there to it keep their the names hot. Yeah, it keeps keep the, the streams going. DMX when he dropped uh is dark as hell as that Rough Riders at Anthem. Like you when you have a song like that, as big, big as Rough Riders Anthem, that's a song that you can tour off for back in that day, back in those times when there wasn't streaming, YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter, things like that. If you have a song as big as uh Rough Riders Anthem, you can tour that album for at least two years. Two years you can get some ride of that. But he decided, you know what? No, I still I got more to say. And I'm gonna come out with this other album. And he was on um volume two with Jay uh Jay-Z's album, Money Cash Hose. He was on that song. That was another big record. So you also have that feature that you can play on your tour and rack it up. But he was like, nah, I'm gonna keep going and drop another album, and it's gonna be number one. And it's another great album. It's just like you think you think about what I'm trying to think of who is like a hot rapper that like Megan Thee Stallion two twenty let's see twenty nineteen I believe she dropped like Tina Snow and and Sugar in the same year or in a calendar year or something like that and those, those albums were she was pretty hot with those albums but it wasn't what it, it, imagine what that was and like multiply it by ten. Then that's kind of what DMX is like the peak level of what Drake is and what Lil Wayne was and what Kanye was was DMX was bigger than that. So if you can grasp what that is, then you can kind of understand why DMX is such a big deal and why he's so revered. Like he's he's in my top ten for sure. Like easily. Yeah, and, and if you look at it, man. Like, It's Dark and Hell is Hot was released uh, May 12, 1998. Sold over 4 million records, almost 5 million records, went four times platinum. 
And then, like I said, within the same year, he did Flesh My Flesh, Blood My Blood, which sold over three million albums, went three times platinum. And then a year later released, and then there was X that almost sold five million records and went five times platinum. Like <clears throat> this, this is probably one of the most impressive runs in hip hop history. Yeah. And this is where you actually, back in the day, where you had to physically go buy CDs. Like these aren't streams. This isn't like, hey, let me borrow your iTunes account, let me borrow your Twitter, your uh, shoot, title account. And just keep running this album back to back like now nah, you had to go buy this tape flip it over put the cd in the cd thing play it like kj he knows nothing what we're talking about but yeah you had to physically run these these tapes and cds back and forth back and forth like this this is a different type of impact that i shoot I, i'd be i would probably boldly say no artist because you gotta think like who can get bigger than drake right like, is there any artist coming that could be bigger than Drake? I'm hard for us. Popularity, popularity wise, yeah. numbers wise, I I don't see it. Honestly, I don't see it. So, if you put it in that context, he's doing something that even Drake has not accomplished. If that, if not that even come close to accomplishing. Yes, KJ, you don't know what a tape, you don't know what a cassette tape is. You know what the the struggle of having CDs stolen from your car, borrowed, and never returned. Jesus. <laughs> It, I mean, it kind of jump on, hit me up, we'll put you in. But yeah, and you gotta you gotta understand like what the music scene was back then. Like it was a lot of the uh, you know the the Diddy shiny suit era. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like it was still New York rap, but it was a lot of like commercialized stuff because I believe Biggie was already dead at that point. So you know, there, there I'm not saying there was a void that needed to be filled because Jay Z kind of stepped into that. But there wasn't like when DMX came out, there wasn't anybody like DMX. And I'm trying to I'm trying to think like right now, who who is the artist that's like DMX? Who's like I guess Griselda might be close close to that. But it's it's like if you mix like the gritty rawness of what Griselda has, and then kind of the shock value of what like Eminem has, that's what DMX is. I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'll never talk about people in the past tense because it's like, I don't want to deal with that. But that's, well, DMX is a, is a I huge wouldn't deal. Say that. I'd say DMX is more unique because like, like well, specifically like West Side. Well, I'm just, I'm reaching for something. Okay. Yeah. Because it, he's, he's, I get what you're saying, but DMX is unique like in every single way, like his aesthetic, his voice, his flow, his content, content which Sure. Which would be problematic uh, in this day and age, but you know, back then a lot, of, a lot of shit could slide. So hopefully everything is good to go with him. We'll keep uh, we'll keep you updated on Twitter. Definitely I'm, subscribe. I'm also, I'm also YouTube. I'm also glad that he was able to get in on the verses. With he got he did a verses with Snoop Dogg. So I'm kind of glad that he yeah, was he was able to do that. And like people really got an understanding of like what DMX is like. When he starts playing his hits, you're like, "Oh wow, these are." You start remembering and reminiscing and going back and like, "Wow, this man had a had a major impact on on my childhood." And you know, like, I'm I'm not I'm not from New York. I'm not you know from the gutter. I'm not from the streets from the South. You know, grew up in a you know pretty normal had a normal upbringing. You know, and. For me to still be able to gravitate towards his music says something about what he is doing and what he was able to do, and the and the lives that he he he's able to touch through his music. So, yeah, that I don't I just don't. You're not 
I'm going to find a lot of artists who have that polar opposites who who will open up an album with a sincere prayer and then you know a song later talking about fucking a dead corpse like there's not a lot of rappers that are doing that that can do that 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 is uh that is accurate shout out to the hey they said the like mike movie we're putting him on the dmx that is oh my blast. there's blast. no way <laughs> anywho so sticking on music and talking about foul uh possibly demonic lyrics Let's go back to our conversation we had about Mr. Little Nas X last week, who I don't know if he's a master marketer, a master troll, or if he was really sincere about the art that he put out regarding. I don't even know the name of the song. I watched the video one time. It was different. But yeah, a lot of people gave him flack. Uh, Nike uh, sued, pulled a little deceased and assist regarding his uh, Satan 666 blood shoes. Um, and he, you know, he was going back and forth people on Twitter, but, and of course, you know, uh, the right and the conservatives brought out the four-year-old term cancel culture. <laughs> they have latched on to cancel culture, like a, a newborn baby on a fresh titty. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like if they knew like the cancel culture wasn't a new thing, they would actually understand that nobody actually gets canceled. Like I've said this before many times, we've done at least we could probably do a whole catalog of episodes we talk about that reference people being quote unquote canceled. And outside of two people, everybody else is out here cooking. You know what I'm saying? Like you literally can do and say anything and, and pretty much tweet tweet through it with the exceptions of uh what's your man's name? I don't even know the, the one black dude, RB singer, uh Daniel Caesar. So he really, Daniel Caesar. Well, he's not that, the only because he's yeah, but Daniel Caesar, he's on. I haven't heard it yet, but he's on Justin Justin Bieber's album, so he might be back in these streets. He might slide back in through the through the white through the white people. <laughs> he's doing the opposite of what like Justin Timberlake did. Yeah, so a lot of people were, were kind of getting on him, and I saw a couple of interesting points and tweets. And one was that somebody made the point that like, hey, um, Satanists and atheists have never done me any wrong, but I can point you in the direction of a lot of Christians that have. I was like. I, you know, I've never seen a, a somebody that believes in Satan causing you trouble or, you know, kill anybody or dislike anybody in the name of what they believe in. Like, I've never seen that, but I've seen plenty of judgmental Christians, you know, kick people out of the church and talk crazy about people and judge people. Meanwhile, they're in their house or behind closed doors doing all kinds of wild stuff. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they had a good point. So and then also, too. The thing with Little Nas X is I think Marcus into the group chat as far as them being upset with the whole Satan stuff, it's like, yo, dog, like somebody said uh Powerpuff Girls had a character that referenced Satan. I saw a commercial yesterday, uh, a Coke commercial that had a werewolf and like a, a scimitar. You know what I'm saying? There's the Lucifer show on Fox. There's many shows that reference the devil in hell and Satan, but it's not Billy a problem. Yeah, Billie Eilish's song, which was looked problematic. I didn't check it out, but it's just kind of the thing where it, it gets kind of old and people just eat it up. They were just like, yo, what about the kids? What about the kids? Like, what about the kids? Like, if you watch Nickelodeon or Disney, every other commercial is a Nerf gun commercial. All the popular <laughs> games are shooting games, violent games, Mortal Kombat, shoot them up, Arnold Schwarzenegger, guns, 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 violence, violence, violence. But somebody twerks in the devil, and now, and now we need to worry, now we need to worry about the children. The children need to be protected, even though they're looking at 
gangbangs on their iPhone right now, probably in church. Shout out to Easter. But yeah, you know, personally, it's, it's the truth. Like, stop, stop, stop acting like y'all are holier than thou. Stop it. I don't think they can. I don't think they can. I'm I'm curious as to how all these quote unquote these conservative Christian and or white people are coming across this video because I I I'm on I'm in black Twitter. I'm in rap Twitter. I'm in hip hop Twitter. It took me two days, I think, two, maybe three days to actually hear the song and watch the video. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm in this. Like, if anybody's going to hear this song, like, I saw clips of it. Like, I was aware of it, but I just never listened to it. I never heard it. So I'm like, oh, I'm like aware of the song, but it's just like, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. How are these other people? How is, who is this guy? right-wing pastor greg Locke, how is he hearing this song how is he seeing this video if you are who you say you are and you believe the things that you believe in that you say you believe in there's no reason for lil nas x to scroll down your timeline and in all honesty you probably shouldn't be on twitter if you're that a devout christian i guess unless you have your filters all the way up and you're only following the holiest of holy people there's no reason for lil nas x to slide down the pole on his on your timeline. There's no re- like how are how are these people hearing these songs that they claim to not like? How are you hearing WAP? How did you hear that? Because in 2000 in 2021, it is impossible to hear a song that you don't want to hear. Because most car like no one's listening to the radio. Everybody has a USB port. Every every car has an aux cord. Everybody lives in their own little bubble. I have I'm not I am not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a Justin Bieber fan. I don't know what Bad Bunny does. I'm not a fan of their musics, but those three are arguably the biggest three artists in the world. And I have not heard any of their new music at all because I'm not looking for it. And I don't follow the people that tend to like that stuff. So how would I hear that? When I get in my car, I'm not turning on the radio. I'm not putting my Apple Music on shuffle. I'm playing the stuff that I want to hear. So how did this white man hear this song? How are these white people seeing this video? You have you don't log into YouTube and YouTube's like, hey, you want to watch this little Nas X video? Or you don't, too bad, you're going to watch it anyway. You're going to see him throw his ass on the devil. No, that's not how YouTube works. You type in what you want to watch. My kids have YouTube. There is something called YouTube Kids where you can turn filters on, where you can turn on whatever it is that you need to protect your children from whatever it is on YouTube that you don't want them to see. You can leave your kid on YouTube for hours and they will they will not see the things that you don't want them to see because it's for kids. This song, not for kids. Old Town Road, that's for kids. My kids love that song. We listen to that song today. Uh, I don't know if it's for kids, but it might be marketed for kids. But <laughs> oh, either way, way. yeah. It's, I mean, it's more so like the beat and the 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 chorus. But either way, it's more child friendly. You know what I'm saying? They'll listen to that. And then you got people like Swaggy P coming out here talking about, "Well, my kids will never listen to Old Town Road again." It's like, okay, I did, maybe, but like, what what are you doing though? What's the point of that? Because there's that's like saying like, hey, my kids like kindergarten cop. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. They love Kindergarten Cop. I just found that Arnold Schwarzenegger is dressed as a robot killing people in Terminator. I'm never watching Kindergarten Cop again. Are you dumb? Because one of those things is geared towards kids, and the other one is geared towards adults. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be an idiot about this. You don't want to listen to the song? Don't listen to the song. You don't want to watch the video? Don't watch the video. But don't get on your high horse talking about, oh, this song is ruining the children. You don't give a fuck about these kids. Don't well, no one give a fuck about these kids. Yeah, shout out to Sandy Hook and Parkland. Uh, exactly. so I actually just learned a lot about Swaggy P. Apparently, he's cousins with Kendrick Lamar. Did not know that. Um, wow. He was a first-round draft pick. Did not know that either. But this is what people were calling him on, on his hypocrisy. They were saying that Swaggy P is a pseudo-biblical reference to the prophet of swag. So you're you're telling your kids they're not going to listen to a song that references the devil, but you're, you're a prophet. You know what I'm saying? What happened to thou shall not worship fake idols or have false prophets? Like, and you like cheat on your wife. Like, you do all kinds of allegedly, all kinds he's of. Not your, he's not your wife. Like, yeah, I, not I, don't, I don't hear it. Like, come on, man. But you know the, the thing is, you're not going to beat, you're not going to get on the internet and beat Lil Nas X. Like, he is, I don't know how old he is. I'm, I know, I'm sure he's in his early 20s. I don't know either, but I blocked him a long time ago, way before <laughs> Old Town Road. Because he, he, he tweeted or said something crazy. I'm like, nope, you out of here, dog. <laughs> but but he, he, he's part of the gym. He's, he's in the era of kids that, like, they've grown up on social media. Like, they don't know a world without Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all these things. So they know how to operate. They know all the ins and outs. They know how to navigate social media. So when you start tweeting angry things at him, tweeting angry reaction videos, he is going to troll you. He's going to troll you, and you are going to lose. Do you know where? Do you know where <laughs> Little Nas X's training grounds were on the internet? Do you know where he started from? No. Clue. He was. He was. I think he ran a Nicki Minaj fan account. Oh he yeah. Was, he was. He was a barb. Okay. So when you start from there. You are not going to beat this kid on the internet. No matter what you say, he is going to come back with something different that is going to piss you off. Like they, he has something like with the shoe thing. He tweeted out a picture. It's like a white. It, it says, uh, "We have decided to drop these to even the score." Damn, y'all happy now? It's like a white sneaker tennis shoe that's kind of like gray, white, and red. And it says, "Chick Fil A, my pleasure." John three sixteen. He's playing with fire with Chick-fil-A, though. Like, he's he don't want to catch that Chick-fil-A loss. But Nike wins <laughs> as problematic as it is. But he's, nah, man. He needs to relax. But, he, but he's just, he is going to do something like, if you're going to get at him on the internet, he's going to do whatever it takes to keep the attention going and to make you even more mad. And at the end of the day, why are you focused on this kid? You're one of those people who's like, well, you're gay and you're going to hell. And then he actually did it and, like, you're still mad about it? Like, what are we doing? Why are you why are you in this world if you're so against it? You should have never even got here. I don't go to what? I don't go to like vegan restaurants and say, like, hey, where's the ribs at? What like I mean, how how else are you gonna have fake outrage on your Facebook page if you don't seek out things to be outraged about? It's annoying. As, as people are being shot and killed in real life or literally every being denied voting rights or you know, every day things, things that matter, but you want to be mad at little little Nas X. And again, same thing. Like I had I not looked for this song, I would have never seen or heard the video. Like you had to seek it out. 
and again, if look for that it. damning, then why are you even going to even risk putting something that's that bad into your soul? That's but, going to corrupt you so. Yeah, but again, these people are these people are ridiculous weirdos. They'll they'll be mad a little Nas X, but have seen like Game of Thrones in its entirety like three or four times. You know what I'm like, saying? Like this Lucifer show is on. They're going on season five of this. This Lucifer show. It's a show about the devil, literally the devil, and that's cool. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It was on. I think it was on ABC first. Hey, you know, let me see. Shows about it was on network television. A show about the devil. But let's talk about this rap music. Like, get over yourself. Like, Billie Eilish is a Grammy Award winning artist. Last year, all so good just, girls go to hell. Like, get, get over yourself, people. Jesus, let's just, let's just Google just real quick. Uh, just show what Google shows about the devil. Yeah, Lucifer, there's shows called Salem, Supernatural, Reaper, The Adventures of Sabrina, the teenage Sabrina, the teenage witch spinoff, The Messengers, Penny Dreadful, God, the Devil, and Bob, Blue Exorcist, Dominion, Preacher. The Beast Rises, Damien, South Hell. Like, there's mad stories, shows about the devil. Like, I'm, but why are you mad now? Like, and these, like, shows seem like they're still on, most of them. But, yeah, it's it's selective outrage. Like, I don't even, I don't even pay no mind no more. There's no, no point. It's just going to make it more popular. Like, the more you find something to be outraged about, the more people are just going to continue to bring it up. And talk about it. You're going. You're you're driving attention to it. That was the th- same thing with Watt. People got so outraged about Watt that Watt became bigger. That's why songs like Pussy Talk don't go nowhere because no one was mad about it. No one's mad about Billie Eilish. So I mean, well, I don't want to say mad like it didn't go anywhere, but you know what I'm saying. Like that song wasn't as big of a deal as this one because no one was upset about it. Like it, cancel culture doesn't exist. No one or nothing ever gets canceled ever. It's never like, happened. What happened? I mean, there's a song called The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Like, was there like this outrage with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's you're gonna that song to go came to, out in 1979. You're gonna have to go to, to white Twitter for that. I mean, they got the New Jersey Devils in hockey. Like, I don't know what you want to. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> like, the devil, the devil is in the details. Like, <laughs> it's corny. Like, remember when they were saying LeBron James was an Illuminati wizard because he threw powder up in the air? Before yes. <laughs> I mean, the way he's been playing, like, I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> How are you that old and still good? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Tech Technology is amazing these days, but pivoting to basketball and things not making sense is why does Kevin Durant curse like a 12 year old white kid in the Call of Duty lobby? Like, oh, let me let's talk about this. I'm going to pull up exactly what he said. And again, it's not safe for work. Um, I'm going to be directly <laughs> quoting these messages. So if you do work for my, my organization, please do not hold me accountable for the things that I'm going to read. But Marcus kind of give a, a little backstory. Okay. I, I didn't catch the whole story. I just kind of saw like, the messages, but I don't know where this started. Like, I honestly didn't think it was going to get this big to the point where Kevin Durant is apologizing and the NBA is fining him for this. But apparently, he and you know what? I'm I'm not even. I don't even want to say this dude's name. Just know that he's like that one white dude who is in like he used to be in every black movie, and now he thinks that gives him some sort of clout and leeway to come around and say whatever he wants to about black culture and rap music. Uh, 
right now he looks like he got you know bit by a zombie and is trying not to tell anybody. But uh, apparently, Kevin Durant did an interview, and I guess this actor actor uh, had an issue with with the interview and said something about it. And I guess either DM'd him or I, I got this up. So here's the the tweet that this gentleman who has a, a Photoshop self of him looking like Takashi Six Nine, his Abby. Which is very confusing. That tells you everything you need to know. So the message that came out was Katie seems deeply in his feelings that the NBA on TV crew after the game, damn it, he's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. So Katie uh, DMs and saying, you a bitch. And then this gentleman replies, just do the fucking interview. And if you're upset about something they've said, say something. Up there looking like you're going to cry and shit. Katie responds, I did the interview, you dickhead. Tell your baby daddy Chuck to be better at his job and frame his questions better. He gave me two options for his dumbass question, yes or no. And then let's see. He said, I heard it all before you cunt. Chuck doesn't need you as security, you pale, pasty, cum guzzling bitch. <laughs> I swear I'm gonna spit in your face if I see your dirty ass. Bet your life on it. Meet me on 17th tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Or better yet, what's your address? 10 a.m. catch steak on the corner. Meet me there. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, uh, and the gentleman replied, go help the kids in Brownsville, Brooklyn, and stop being a fucking puss. Katie replies, you a bitch for even caring about how I do an interview. All you do is suck cock on other men for attention. <laughs> Trump didn't pay attention to your sorry ass. Now you want to use everybody else to get views and laughs. Your life is a fucking joke, you fucking pale cocksucker. Go get you some sun. It's fucking with your brain, you piece of <laughs> Gentleman replies, go to Brownsville in all caps and help those people that need a goofball. You go do it, you clown. Good for you. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Fuck a dick. I can't wait to tell you all this in person. I like that energy from Kevin. Uh, I like that energy. When when this guy is like, go help the kids in Brownsville. They need help. No, nigga, you do it. You're from New York and you live there. You do it. Brownsville is a very dangerous place if you don't know. And let's see. Uh, I guess Kevin Durant said you called your lawyers like the pussy or ha 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 ha. You couldn't talk. You couldn't take a little talking shit. Defamation of character. Pussy ass my lawyer up. Your wife mad as fuck. You wasting all a little bit of money on the lawyers because you can't handle a joke. Ha 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 ha. How pussy are you? Your wife doesn't even respect your bitch ass. So, yes, come to rant a load of the chopper on this gentleman. And to be fair, I mean, if we're being honest, Kevin Durant is a bit sensitive, but at least he kept that energy up with uh, his his comments. He told him to pull up. He's like, yo, we can fight. We can do whatever. I mean, I, I can't be mad at that. Like, it is what it's, also who the, it's also who the guy is. Who likes this guy? Because I don't. I haven't, I haven't consumed any of his content in decades. I don't know. This is just a thing where he's doing this. It feels like to be relevant. Why would you, as a grown man, I'm pretty sure this dude is in his fifties, take a screenshot of a private conversation and put it on the internet? And my thing is, you did that, and nobody took your side. That's how you know that you fucked up. No one was like, "Oh, well, you were did wrong. He shouldn't. Kevin Durant shouldn't have talked to you like that." Everybody will. Everybody else was like, "Yeah, man, fuck you, dog. You're you're a clown. This is stupid. You're in your fifties, taking screenshots and putting them on the internet. Like what? And even when when the report came out, I think it was like ESPN reported it. It said Kevin Durant fined fifty k for using homophobic and derogatory language 
in private DMs toward an actor. They didn't even name his name in that, in the tweet. They didn't even name him because they're like, you're irrelevant. This was stupid. You're bringing all this negative attention for what? To boost your ego? You want, are you, you want sympathy from people? Because nobody likes you, dog. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have did this. And apparently, like, Kevin Durant is saying, like, oh, this, that's how we talk. We joke around or whatever. And you, you're fucking it up now. Why are, if you are if you are actually legitimately friends with NBA players, you think they're going to talk to you now? You think anybody of any type of status is going to talk to you now if that's how you act? You put screenshots on the Internet like a child? Yeah, that's problematic. That is that is that is unbecoming of a of an adult. So I mean, I think he dropped his podcast after that, so he was kind of doing it for class. I respect the marketing, but you know what? I give it to him. Then if that's what it was, and that's what it was. I don't know. It's still, still clown shit. I don't know who listens to that podcast. If you do, let me know. I'm curious. I didn't even know we had one. Honestly, I'm, oh. I'm not surprised, but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you know, like. I feel like he was trying to get Kevin Durant in trouble. Like, that's the only reason you do that, right? You're not doing that to, like, make a joke and to clown him. You're doing that in the hopes that Kevin Durant gets in trouble with his boss. And to be clear, Kevin Durant's boss is Nike. That's who Kevin Durant works for. He doesn't work for the Nets. He doesn't work for the NBA. He works for Nike because they pay him the most. So if Nike has an issue with this, then Kevin Durant's going to apologize. It doesn't matter what these other people say. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's it's a clown show. It's whatever. But sticking to basketball, I don't even want to talk about this. But the hey. new Space Jam trailer dropped. If hey. you know what you're into, if you're excited about that, I watched it right before the episode started, and I was completely unmoved. But again, it's not for me. I'm an adult, and I don't live in the nostalgia realm of Twitter where. I just hear the name Space Jam. I'm taken back to a place because I've said this before in the podcast and on Twitter, Space Jam was a terrible movie. It is what it is. Like, it's not a good movie. It doesn't stand the test of time. The best thing about that movie is the one thing we can't talk about, which is R. Kelly. I believe <laughs> that was literally the best part of the movie. Like, and the, the soundtrack is pretty good too. But like, to me, it's kind of corny. Just... And I've said this before on Twitter and on the podcast, like Hollywood is like the most uncreative place on the face of the earth, which is disgusting because there's so many creative people on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, that we have to recycle the same story and just remix it with a different basketball player and better technology. Like do something else, do something better, man. Like it, like, is this canon? Is this, do these, it didn't even seem like the Looney Tunes. Remember they had played basketball before. Like, how does this work? You know what I'm saying? Like, why was this necessary? Like LeBron, you, you're trying in some people's eyes to get out of the shadow of the originator of this movie. But like, you're just, you're being Mr. Me too. Like, I don't know, maybe the bag is worth it. Maybe it's a financial play. Maybe you really don't even care. But me personally, it's whack. Nobody's, I've said this before, and unfortunate as it is, nobody's killing anybody for LeBron's. Like, it is what it is. LeBron's don't sell out. Like oh, I, I, I have you call these space jams that people will shoot you for. You know what I'm saying? Like your tomb squad shoes didn't even sell out. So but I, I mean I, work the bag, move into the next phase of your career. But this is not for me. This is probably for people like KJ who's, you know, probably gonna sneak into the movie, steal some, you know, 
steal some candy or something like that. Sneak Capri Suns in there, but it ain't it ain't for me. I'm not I'm not overly excited. But to be fair, I don't watch movies, so that's true. I mean, I watched the trailer. I thought I thought it looked really interesting. I was like, okay, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Like, eh, I mean, I, to be fair, I don't think I would go to the theater to see this, but it, it will be on HBO Max, so I can watch it at the house, and I'm gonna watch it. I'm definitely gonna watch this. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be a fun movie. Um, I think it, I I like how he's like uh, a cartoon for a little bit. I think that'll do him a lot better. Like doing voice acting as opposed to actual acting, kind of hide some of his deficiencies. But uh, yeah, I I think it's a good look. It's something different. Obviously, we would like to see Hollywood try something new and original. But I mean, apparently that's impossible to do these days. But um, he's got a pretty good support cast. He's got a lot of NBA players in the movie. Um, so I think it'll be cool. A lot of cool references. Uh, there's going to – it's just a big uh, – I think it's going to be a big, like, showcase on what Warner Brothers has in the archives because he has to go through all the Warner Brothers uh, well, inventory to find players. So, And this goes back to the whole nostalgia thing. Like, that's all it is. You're going to go through a bunch of old Warner Brothers movies and – TV shows and series and drum up characters and scenarios like that's cool, just not cool for me, you know. Like, yeah, I I think it, I think it's also weird how like grown ups are talking about like how this is uh, affecting his legacy as a basketball player because he's trying to do the Michael Jordan thing where it's like, well, Michael Jordan would never sell out like this or he would never follow in the footsteps of another player or something like that. And it's like, all right, dog. First off, this ain't for you. Like this movie is for your kids. It's for the kids. He just happens to be the biggest basketball player in the world right now. And he's cashing out. Like, he he lives in Los Angeles. Like, did we not expect this? Did we not expect LeBron to – like, he's done a movie before. Yeah. The, we, I feel like the championship was icing on the cake for Lakers fans. Like, the move to L.A. was ultimately to set up his second career, which was what he's doing now. They just happened to win a title while he was doing that. So Yeah. I it's mean, a win-win for everybody. To be this honest, is what, this is what you do when you're in Hollywood. This is what you do when you're the biggest star in the world. Like you can do Space Jam too. The, this is this is how as as a uh, older player, like a player that's kind of on the way out. This is how you try to grab some of those young fans, those young fans that are like you know big into Steph Curry or Zion or uh, Lamelo Ball or all these other young players. This is how you try to grab their attention through Space Jam, through a kid's movie, through Bugs Bunny, through Daffy Duck. Maybe they'll sell them some shoes. Like they'll sell you my shoe. May, I, I'm, I'm not saying it'll work. I'm saying, but that's what you do. That's what you do. You can I, I, do that. I get that. But a bigger question for me is why? Why are the Looney Tunes still a thing? Like who? Who watches Looney Tunes? I, we we did for like a, a hot minute when we first got HBO Max. For like uh, like two days, I I showed it to my kids and they Looney, just Looney Tunes came out in like the fifties, thirties. <laughs> we all know about the racism that went in there, and you know if you don't listen to a couple of our episodes, just Google. There's hella problematic uh, racism in that show, stereotypes and whatnot. But like this this goes to another conversation of like some of the media mediocre cartoons that get lauded and they just hang around forever, like. Winnie the Pooh. Like, who gives a fuck about Winnie the Pooh? Like, why is that a thing? Peanuts. Why is that a thing? That shit is trash. Snoopy is trash. 
Like why why do why are these like the the staples of American, you know, nostalgia and oh I watch the Peanuts Thanksgiving movie every year. Oh, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Winnie the Pooh, like all that shit is ass. And if you watch it, you're ass too. But yeah, like like outside of Space Jam, like I haven't I don't know anybody who watches Looney Tunes. Like I don't even know how that's still a thing, but if they want to really make money. They did some shit with some anime characters. That shit would have been oh like, you know, like playing with Goku and Luffy Jesus. and the boys. Like, Nobody like, wants to basketball see that. Anime. Like, look, if you really was Chase the Bag, man, he'd have did some shit with some basketball anime. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I, I just don't. I don't get it. Like, like what's up, Doc? Like, I don't. I don't care. It's not. A, it's not a thing anymore. Like, you don't. People don't say that. Like, people said that when I was growing up. What's up, Doc? Like I could probably say that to a kid now, and they don't understand what that reference means. I mean, they just don't. You got Elmer Fudd like shooting Daffy Duck. Like, what? Like, you not know where we live? The time we just had bad, bad (laughs) shooting. You got your dude shooting people up. Like, it don't make any sense. And I actually watching the trailer and looking at some stuff on on Twitter. Um, I discovered why they they slimmed down the body of Lola Bunny because she's being voiced by Zendaya. Hey. who great actress great actress euphoria is great but you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean has she eaten today have y'all oh no have y'all checked to see that's the thing that that's that's the thing the dudes do right hey babe you you ate today just text her literally text her has she eaten today i can can see why she you know it's not accurate it's not accurate, you know. She, she, if Beyonce was a voice actor of Lola Bunny, she would probably look a lot different. That's all <laughs> if Megan the Stallion was the voice <laughs> of Lola Bunny, I'm sure she would look a lot different than she looks now. So they, they made it, they made it true to the character. I respect that. Shout out to Zendaya for collecting the bag. Euphoria needs to come back soon, so yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. I think it'll be a good movie, though. I do think it'll be good. I mean, I. I like guess Don Cheadle's in like the guy Ryan Coogler, the guy who directed and wrote, and wrote Black Panther. Collecting the bag, uh, the bag, like, but that, like, that, that, and this is the thing when it comes to like actors, quote unquote, like LeBron James. The way that you kind of succeed in the movie industry is by having the best of the best around you and build you. It's almost like uh, it's the opposite for him in basketball, like. He's the guy that uplifts. He's the guy that makes Kyrie Irving into a champion clutch player. He's the guy that turns Kevin Love into a, a all-star, you know, championship contender. He's the one that makes like Shane Battier and uh, Mike or Matt Miller. He's LeBron is the guy that builds those guys, takes them to another level of greatness. So now in the film industry, LeBron is Mario Chalmers. He needs people to build him. He needs a LeBron. He needs a Chris Bosh. He needs a D Wade. So he needs Ryan Coogler. He needs Zendaya. He needs Don Cheadle. They bring their A games and they lift him up and they make the movies a little bit. They make him look better because they're better. Like LeBron acting next to Don Cheadle feels a little bit better. LeBron James in a movie created or helped created by Ryan Coogler is going to be a better movie as opposed to if he just did a money grab and just got any old buddy to do it. Yeah, I get that. A shout out to King Quest. Uh, he brought up a show that I suggested for the 
knuckleheads in the group chat to watch, then they <laughs> you need to watch this show. Just watch the first episode. Invincible, I definitely want to talk about that at some point. Um, and this kind of goes to what happened we were talking about last week with the uh, the Snyder Cut. I didn't want to compare it to like an anime just because like Japanese, they put so much more effort into their animation. When I see like an American cartoon, I'm just like, yo, this shit is trash. And I was trying to stay away from that mindset. But it is like the animation to me just watching is not great. But again, they don't care. But the story seems like it'll make up for that. Because after the first episode, I was like, I am perplexed. So it's a it's a show about a superhero kid. He's voiced by uh, Steve Ewan from uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, Marshala Ali, he voiced the character on there. Um, ah, the one dude that plays uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the original Spider-Man, he voiced... He's a voice actor for, I think, the main character's dad. There's a couple big voices on there, but it's it's interesting. So um, it's called Invincible. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check it out. I definitely want to talk about that at some point. But Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, check it out. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the first episode, you'll hit the group chat because I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> let me watch the next episode. But... uh <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So st- sticking with collecting the bag, my transitions have been off, but it's been a long day. It is what it is. Rock with this. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all that jazz. Drop a comment. Let us know you're alive. Uh, collecting the bag. So I saw some very, very uh, nasty things. A lot of nasty work going on on the Internet this weekend. Um, so initially, I thought this was an April Fool's prank. Because, I mean, April Fool's, a lot of people act a fool. It is what it is. But, um, And this also ties into a topic you talked about earlier. Uh, Bad Baby tweeted out that, you know, the folks have been waiting for this for years, which, if you look at how old she is, is problematic. And she wouldn't start to her an OnlyFans account. And she proclaimed that she was going to be the queen of OnlyFans, which... Apparently now she is when she made a whopping $1 million in six hours. Let me repeat that. $1 million American U.S. dollars in six hours. That shit is nasty. Think, think, about, think about the Popeye's employees that had to deal with all of you, you knuckleheads and Negroes, animals, when the chicken sandwich dropped. What they had to deal with for a six-hour shift versus what she had to do to make a million dollars. In six hours. And maybe she wasn't even working. This content could have been pre-recorded, which is also problematic. I didn't know she actually I didn't know she even put out content. I thought she just uh made an account. Uh oh, shout out I, to Shannon. Oh, look at Chan. Chan out here. She's been AWOL on Twitter the last yeah, like two right, weeks. Sure. Like, where you been at? Come back, come back to Twitter. Yeah, yeah, she. She there's she showed her receipts talking about actually let me pull it up. Let me pull it up quick. Well, my thing is it's always like who are these weirdos that are just like waiting on these girls to turn 18? Like I, I distinctly remember being probably I guess probably 16 or 17, because I'm I'm about the same age as them. But I like I remember like grown men talking about like, yeah, I can't wait till Mary Kate and Ashley turn 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't wait till yuck I, until Miley Yuck's. Cyrus turns 18. Like, what are, 
I mean, yuck, yeah, but it's just like the milk has gone spoiled. What are you? Why are you sitting around here waiting for these girls to turn eighteen so you can do what? So now you, so now you can Google them publicly as opposed to doing it privately while they're underage. All right, so she alleges. Uh, let's see, in subscriptions, she made seven hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars. In tips, she made almost six thousand dollars. This is the part that's baffling to me. I and we we've talked about this in the group chat doing an OnlyFans episode just to kind of understand how this works, but like she made two almost three hundred thousand dollars in messages. In messages? <laughs> that's like how does this work? Like shout out to Mr. Lefty. He knows a little bit about this, but um y- y- like how do you so so do you like you d do, do you like pay to message the, the person? Like it's like that's yo what it sounds like that's what it sounds like, honestly. That's a lot of nasty work. A lot of nasty works that like oh my foul. God. you oh. have to be a foul nasty. You get the nastiest of the nasty. and I want I want all the grown-ups that immediately signed up for uh bad baby's account now that she's 18. I want their computer searched. Like, I want the FBI to go to their house. What have you been looking at? What do, what does your search history look like? Because this is questionable. I'm going to I'm a, I'm a go. Let me go to her. Not going to her OnlyFans, guys. I'm God-fearing. I'm going to go to her Instagram because, like, the people under that post, their names are public. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we I'm talk about like, we, we talk about the whole Cotton 4K thing. Like, this is, this is, <laughs> this is, this is 8K, like. Let's see. Don't let me see nobody I follow on Twitter on this. Yikes. But here, here, here's the thing. Here's the There's thing. A lot of women. Not, There's a lot of women following this too, though. Like it's, I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not shitting on bad baby. Like I get it. Like if I was cash out. I, yeah, if I, I'm not even if I was her manager, I might I might, you know, if she comes to me with that idea, I'm like, yeah, that's a I'm not gonna say it's a great idea, but that's a money making idea. Because niggas is nasty, niggas is horny. Niggas is mad horny out here for anything, anything that they think that they could look at or see or, or whatever. And you got the, oh, I'm just 18 thing. And that's like a fetish that guys have. So, yeah, that's a big money maker. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to sign off on that. You know, I hope she's being I hope she's being smart about it and, you know, protecting herself as far as like mental. Because that stuff, it's got to be weird as an 18 year old. Seeing like fifty-year-old dudes like telling you to do certain things and like DMing you and messaging you all the time. So hopefully she can kind of doesn't get lost in that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and and Chan, I'm, I'm Chan, I'm waiting on you to send me a password to your OnlyFans so we can make this money. I don't know what you're waiting on. Like, I'm I'm at, I'm, I'm only asking for five percent. That's it. Like, there's a lot of people in the comments, like verified people, like giving her props about it so they're encouraging it but like honestly going through the people that liked it it seems like it's a lot of younger people and women you know what i'm saying but this is just on instagram though so i don't know who's actually paying for this but partner accounts i mean let's be fair there's probably i mean there could be some people that her her age that yeah it's it's not all old dudes yeah you know there's probably some women too that are you know 
predatorial out here as well. So I don't want to just put it on the guys. There's a 14-year-old boy that stole his mom's credit card to get this. And I get it. A 14-year-old kid makes sense. And there's probably like some 20-year-olds doing it too. It's like once you get past like 25 and you hit the 30, I don't know, man. And and you know, people do the whole, well, it's legal. Like, all right, it's legal. It's still creepy, though, and you're still nasty. So whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Sicko. But it's it's like, but even this as an example, people talk about, people get on Twitter all day, every day, talking about, you know, they see these these women or whoever promoting their OnlyFans, putting their OnlyFans in their in their bios and in their whatever under viral tweets, and they're just like, "Why? Who, ain't nobody paying for that? Ain't nobody trying to pay to see no average girl do whatever? Ain't nobody paying for that? Yes, niggas are. If you don't think people are gonna pay oh, for what you got, we, we they will. There was a basic white woman who was like a school teacher that she said she yes. made two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a month, and I was like, how? You put in a little bit of effort, a little bit of promo, someone will pay to see whatever you got. And what and, th- and this isn't all like OnlyFans. There's OnlyFans has turned into a sex app, but there's other people doing other things on there as yeah, far as like talking, doing producing yeah. other types of content. But we gotta stop doing this thing where we get online talking about like ain't nobody paying for your OnlyFans. Yes, niggas are. Niggas is paying for OnlyFans. So if you're someone that is thinking about doing OnlyFans and you have the means and the the want to and the ability to do it, do it. It doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you're over 18. But you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're old, if you're in your 40s, there's somebody out there that wants to hit that. If you're in your 60s, if Shaka Khan pulls up with OnlyFans, oh guess God. who's it's first in line? This nigga, because I'm a nasty nigga and I want that. So yes. Shaka Khan, Patty LaBelle, you got an OnlyFans coming? Let's get this Patty Pie going, all right? Because I'm with that. I mean, is there like an OnlyFans market for like dusty feet? Because I'm, you know, <laughs> I mean, as long as I can make like shit. Tell Chan to stop capping in, in the comments. She's that's all cap. That's all cap. <laughs> Chan, yeah. that's all. Go, you know what? I'm about to put her on blast. Hang on, let me get her Twitter account. I'm about to put you yeah, on blast. I mean, like, again. It, 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 <laughs> The, the kings, the kings out here, we need to be keeping that same energy. Like, hey man, collect the bag. Like, shit, I'm not gonna lie. If I can make like, how much the new Corvette costs? Like, if I can make twelve hundred dollars a month, oh, like, she lost her account. showing feet. <laughs> if I can show feet for about a group a month, I show some feet on OnlyFans. Like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there a market? Let me know. DMs are open <laughs> for requests. I'm looking for management. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. Like. But, no, I mean, if, if OnlyFans was out when I was like 18, 19, when you're that young, it's and I've compared the sex industry to athletics before. You're in the prime shape of your life. You have all the energy of the world. You can eat whatever you want and still look good. And you in in like you still have that energy. If I was like 18, 19, and I wasn't really out, and I was still like, you know, just getting a little money and OnlyFans was an option, and I tried it, and I'm like, oh, I'm making some decent money doing this? I'd be doing it. If I was a young, and I was, like, in better shape then than I am now, because now I'm 35 and have kids, but, like, a 19, 20-year-old single me, that guy probably has an OnlyFans right now, doing crunches in a Speedo or something. I don't know. I don't know what guy's doing OnlyFans, but if you're young and you look good and, you, and you're confident in what you got, do a fucking OnlyFans and see, and see what happens. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It might pop. I'm on the I'm on the website. Like it it's weird. It looks like kind of like a it looks kind of like a social media site. Like it's a Twitter because like it looks like you have a feed, but you have to subscribe to the feed. Like you can't see anything, but I don't see any dudes though. So uh, the kings we need to get out here and represent. But um, at some point we're gonna have like a vote or something to see which one of us does like an experiment for OnlyFans and like actually does it for like a month, just to see, to see what happens. Okay, here's a guy. I don't know what he's doing, but looks like he produces something. Like I think there's people that do this. Like because again, OnlyFans wasn't intended for what it's morphed into, but. Oh shit! Five percent commissions. Okay, yeah. There's people that do workouts over here. So again, it's just been morphed into this. But to kind of tie back into the whole initial story about DMX, uh, Bad Baby actually had him featured in a music video called Bestie. He was a uh, played a chainsaw massacre looking person. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Yep. Yeah, go look up the song's called Bestie. There's a music video for it. So she. You know, she has a DMX feature, technically. Technically. I don't think he raps, but he's in the video, which is a weird combination. That, you know, that wasn't on my bingo board, but I guess the streets were asking for it. So, but uh, interesting. All right, moving on. What do we got? So, yeah, this, this came up, which was interesting. Uh, shouts to Derby Burnish Report and all the stupid people that thought the podcast was breaking up on April first. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it got, it got me. I was like, wait, what? I didn't, I didn't know what day it was. I was, yeah, whatever. Yeah, shout out to the, shout out to Jeff Queen. T- check out the podcast. Uh, we haven't recorded in a while, so I mean, maybe we'll do something for it the can still break up. Yeah, I mean, Josh do be saying some wild shit. So, but, uh, you, okay, no, did you see his lotion, his anti lotion movement that he's got going on? I had Josh has been. Muted on my page for quite. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably muted on my page for almost a year now. So I, yeah, we have we're the man is, that man is filthy, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> He's, he has like an anti lotion thing. He has like no lotion. November. He's got <laughs> pictures of his ashy ass elbows on there. I'm like, I'm like, dog. Like, no. and this is the, and these are, this, this is the person that leads Falcons Twitter. This ashy ass nigga, and that's what makes, and that's what hurts that's y'all. Be following, like, dog. <laughs> you can do so much good for the Falcons community. <laughs> if you choose to get on Twitter and choose violence and wild out, eat candy corn, and all kinds of other foul shit. Like, get your shit together, Josh. Like, come on, man. This man anyway. got powdered donuts around his lips, talking about, oh, you guys want to draft the quarterback at number four? <laughs> <laughs> this man called. It's a Vaseline, nigga. <laughs> He called Justin Fields Cam Newton Jr. like that was a slight. I was like, like it's a bad thing. That's a bad like <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He said trophy winner, first round, first overall picks, no, no, no. MVP, said, Super Bowl contender player. Like he said, he said Justin Fields is just Cam Newton with a better arm and more accurate. Do you know how insane that is? That's like the greatest quarterback in the world. And to consider that Cam Newton was throwing the Calvin Benjamin and people of that ilk, like Greg. Like Greg. <laughs> I mean, Greg also was nice. Greg also was nice. Shout out to you. Hey, hey I'm, I'm starting the movement. Get Justin Fields to the Niners. Get him to the Niners because he will would... wreck shop. So before we get into the 17 game thing, yeah, this whole 49ers Kyle Shanahan thing is is really intriguing for a lot of reasons. Like, I like 
is this smoke? Like, do we, I feel like that these people? Nah, I don't. There's too much invested into trading up all that capital to get to the third pick to be in cahoots with ESPN for content because there's no other reason you would like go watch Mac Jones throw a football when you could literally get at least two quarterbacks better than him. Like, I don't know what you see in Mac Jones that you don't see in Justin Fields. Like, to be honest, with the receivers that Alabama had this year, I probably could have won the national championship. Like, literally all he had to do was throw the ball in the air and the Heisman Trophy winner was catching it. Or a guy who probably could have won the Heisman if it weren't for injuries was catching it. Like, I don't I don't understand why you would think that's a thing, but I guess he is a quote-unquote neck-up quarterback, which to me is problematic and uh, kind of a dog whistle saying that black quarterbacks are smart. You know, that's an old trope that's been around for years and years. But, like, even if, you, if you've if you seen Kyle Shannon's offense, what it can do, like if you look at what he did with RG3 in his rookie year, like he put the fear of God in the NFL. Like as a Falcons supporter, we almost had to play them in the playoffs. But I think uh, RG3 got hurt. I know we injured him. Like we knocked him out of the game. We played him. But I was fearful to play that dude because that dude was a monster in that offense. So now you have a more evolved version of this offense with a bigger, not as fast, but a bigger, stronger quarterback who can throw the ball. And again, if if you're a Falcons supporter, if you watch the 49ers, like for the most part, a lot of the people in that offense, how Kyle Shanahan draws it up, those people are wide open. All you do is hit them. Like Kyle Shanahan would have a Super Bowl ring right now if bum-ass Jimmy Garoppolo, who a lot of y'all stand for and cap for for a long time, didn't overthrow a receiver. Who was it? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. a he, it's a one-read system too, isn't it? Like it's like your first read is probably going to be wide open. Just hit it. <laughs> And, and not to say that it's one re system in the sense that, like, you you can't be, like, a cerebral quarterback and function well. Like, Matt Ryan, that offense in his second year won him the MVP and bounced to the Super Bowl. But it's more of a one read in the sense that Kyle Shanahan schemes up the game so great as far as his scheme that by the time you get back to that second look or the play that you ran the first quarter that didn't work and you run it, you know, in third quarter on, you know, third and long, and now that player is now wide open, all you can do is hit him. That's all you got to do. And you're you're on the run a lot. So, like, the idea that you would get Mac Jones is baffling to me, but I, I think that's bullshit. But I, I would like to see Justin Fields in the offense. But Well, I saw I saw a great point. I heard a great point from uh, Bomani Jones about Mac Jones. Like, the idea that why the 49ers would trade up for Mac Jones when they could have Justin Fields. And his point was uh, Nick Saban, who was the coach of Alabama that coached Mac Jones would not take Mac Jones over Justin Fields. Like if Nick Saban had the choice, if he could have Justin Fields, he would take Justin Fields and tell Mac Jones to take a hike, you know? And just the whole, the the thing around Justin Fields is, is confusing me because during the season, Trevor Lawrence, number one, going to the Jaguars or not going, he was going to the Jets. This is before the Jaguars continued to lose. As soon as, um, the Jets lost that number one pick and won a game and dropped down to two. Now, all of a sudden, Justin Fields is dropping in, in the draft. And now Zach Wilson, for some reason, is rising up. Justin Fields goes out, dominates a playoff game, beats Trevor Lawrence, outplays Trevor Lawrence in a playoff game, continues to drop. Zach Wilson lights up 
a bad defense in a bowl game, he's steadily shooting up. And then we talk about the comparisons as far as like, you know, the thing that Josh does with uh, Ohio State quarterbacks. So Justin Fields, black quarterback, comes from Ohio State. He has to follow Dwayne Haskins, and a black Ohio State quarterback, drafted high, didn't pan out. Is He's placed for Pittsburgh, I think. Probably not going to do much of anything, whatever. There was another black Ohio State quarterback. Um, there was quite a few. There's quite a few, but I can't remember the other guy's name, but he didn't pan out Cordero, so well. Cordero Jones. Yeah. Him. So, so that those two quarterbacks have hurt Justin Fields' draft stock, apparently. But we look at Mac Jones, who's coming from Alabama, plays with you know his receivers. I think are all going in the in the first round. Mm-hmm. But Mac Jones is going up. But then we look at Tua Tungavailoa, who plays for the Dolphins. He played at Alabama last year, and during his entire season, people were questioning, "Hey, is Tua the guy?" Is he good enough? Because he came from Alabama. All his receivers were really good. So maybe Tua's not that good. But he, Tua, Mac Jones is not getting the Justin Fields treatment. No one is looking at Tua and saying, well, maybe Mac Jones could be the same thing. Because Mac Jones is a weaker, maybe not a weaker arm, but he's a less athletic version of Tua. So why would I take why would I take that risk of drafting another Alabama quarterback that played on a dominant team with dominant weapons? His quarterback we wide receiver won the Heisman Trophy. That is not crazy. That doesn't happen. <laughs> to, to put it in perspective, like Julio Jones didn't win the Heisman Trophy, and I would argue Julio Jones is a better receiver than the gentleman that won the Heisman Trophy for Alabama. Like to put that in perspective, like these cats were wide but booty naked open all the time. Like that's not going to happen in the NFL, dog. But well, maybe in Kyle Shanahan's office here and there. But well, Mac Jones, if he gets, if Mac Jones goes to the Niners, Mac Jones is going to be good because Shanahan will make every every quarterback that Shanahan has had has played better than what they've ever played before previously. So if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, Mac Jones is probably going to be the rookie of the year. As crazy as that as that sounds, and there's no reason for them to do it. Take Justin Fields. Yeah, why would you not take, like take the better take yourself? the better quarterback? Or take if Zach Wilson is there, take him. If Trey Lance is there, take him. Mac Jones to me is a second round prospect. He's Drew Brees to me. Like a less accurate, fatter version of Drew Brees. That's what he is. I'm yeah. not I don't want that guy at all. So moving uh, to the 17 game schedule, um, it's, it's greed, capitalism. It is what it is. I just don't understand how, and I haven't really read this, so I probably shouldn't speak too much on it, but I don't know what the collective bargaining agreement looked like for the NFL players, but I don't know if they, like, finesse themselves, but, like, how do you get an extra game and don't get an extra bye week? Like, I don't I don't get that. Um, again, these fiends on Twitter and in the real world, they just need football all the time. Like, Thursday night football games are not good. Like, they're not entertaining at all. Um, it's terrible on the players. It's actually terrible for your team if you think about it in the long run. So bad. So bad. And then you're adding another game. Like, how, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm not really here for it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch it, but I understand the train wreck that I'm participating in, unfortunately. But shout out was- to football and everything, you know all these gambling apps that are benefiting from this and shout out to all the, the new nonsensical records that are going to be coming out. Cause this is pretty much going to wipe the record books 
by five five thousand passing yards is going to be like nothing. It's gonna it's not going to mean anything anymore. Yeah. And, it, and and it hadn't meant much anyway, considering it's more of a passing league these days. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because it's the NFL is not struggling in any way. They didn't need any money. They don't need any extra revenue. Somebody and needs this, to. And, this, and I mean, and this was coming prior pre-pandemic. You know what I'm saying? This isn't a thing where oh, we had the pandemic. We need to figure out a way to make some extra money here. This wasn't that. This was planned like maybe two or three years ago. They had this coming, and they're just doing like they're just doing it to get more eyes, more money, more revenue. And it's bad for the players. And I think it's going to be bad for the fans at some point because it's just like it's just too much. Like at, at some point, there's going to be a Tuesday night game. I think the, the the end game, the end goal for the NFL is to have football on every day of the week. Just make it so like every day there there uh, there was a there was a there was a during during this last season there was a there was like a five week span. There was like Thursday night football. One game got pushed from Monday to Friday night. They've had Saturday games, they had Sunday games, and then they had a Monday game. It's just that's what the NFL wants, and it's just a thing where it's like if you've seen any drug dealer movie ever there's always a point where the main drug dealer gets to gets to a stage where they have all the money they have all the access (laughs) they have everything that they could ever ask for and they have a way out and instead of just getting out of the game they decide to keep going and they always keep going because they're greedy and you know what happens when you get greedy you get got and they always get got at some point it might not be this year it might not even be in 10 years but at some point the NFL is going to look around and be like, damn, we fucked up. We got greedy. We should have just stopped at 16 game seasons. Now we're fucked. Well, as they say, pigs get uh, fat, hogs get slaughtered. But yeah, yeah listen to um, Lockdown Falcons with Aaron Freeman. Definitely check him out. And he was saying that he thinks within the next five years that they push for 18 games just to make it an even number again. If you got 17, why not make 18? Why not make 18? <laughs> like you said, hey, we got 18. Make it an even 20. Like, make it 20. Yeah, why not? And they think, like, we're going to watch these games. But it's just like, if you give them an extra bye week, that ex- that makes the season longer because it's an extra week. Well, technically. I, I think they could, and that's probably how they'll finesse them. They'll still be, like, behind the eight ball. But I think I th- they would have to do a lot of things, right? And if they did, they could do it in a way where they evolve the game. But they would have to be extremely innovative and do a lot of groundbreaking things that I don't think they're creative enough to do. Like they definitely have to expand the roster big time, like big time, big time. Right. And then also, again, give them more bye weeks, um, of course, pay them more. But maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of things you could possibly do. Like, I don't know, because if you if you play 20 games, right, even your most savvy veteran quarterback, I don't know, maybe that brings back the run because your quarterback's not going to be able to throw the ball 50 times a game for 20 games. Maybe yeah. that brings back the run. Maybe it teams invest more money. Maybe backward quarterbacks actually get used. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. There, there's things they possibly could do, but I, I don't think they care about that. I think they strictly care about the money. So I don't think they're worried about that. But I, I do think if they don't do things like that, like you said, they will get themselves got because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a step down product. Like I'm yeah. not desperate to watch 
you know, because you have 25 games when the starting quarterback is hurt, I'm not watching the backup. Nope. Not doing it. You can't pay me up to do it. Not doing it. So, but I mean, there are degenerate gamblers, you know, you got your fancy well, leagues and, you know, that keeps it, keeps it interesting. But I just, I just feel like us as fans, we don't really understand what these players go through on a day to day basis. I think they do. They just don't care. I don't, no, I think, I think they, they, I think they understand like the practices, studying game film, studying the playbook, but I don't, I just don't think physically they understand what, especially like running backs and linemen where like these people, these players can't even get out of bed the next morning. Like Monday morning, they're just in the bed all day. And a lot of these players have kids. So I can only imagine how tough that is. Like I could, I couldn't imagine being at home all day, like during the summertime and my body is so hurt that I can't get up and do anything with my kids because my knees hurt, my back hurts, my elbow hurts, my neck hurts. Every my I got a concussion. I can't see straight. I got to sit here with the lights off. So Alvin Kamara, like I feel like a majority of NFL players are against this. Alvin Kamara got on Twitter and said like, or he got on Instagram and said, "This is stupid. Playing seventeen games and he's a running back and he's about." Alvin Kamara is about to get worked because now he definitely does not have a quarterback anymore, and he is now the best player on that team. So he's about to get ran into the dirt. So I understand why he's saying that. And someone got on Instagram and sent something to his DM. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a lot. But he's, this guy says, I'm assuming it's a guy. I'm assuming he's white too. He says, you're not cooking, not bricklaying, not running a daycare, not waiting tables. You're playing football. <laughs> All of you all that are going to bitch, moan, and complain about one more game can kiss my fucking ass. You're all a bunch of prima donnas, and when you finally get into the NFL and make that money, you become lazy and weak. It's like one extra game is going to kill you. Gone are the days off real football players that played for the love of the game. I hate these people. I hate these. I hate these people. What are you talking about? One more hey. game, is it going to kill you? It might. might. <laughs> it might. Maybe not today, but in 10 years it might. When he's in a wheelchair having to get near. And here, if you, I know a lot of Falcons fans don't like Bomani Jones. Listen to this past Friday's episode of The Right Time. He, had a, he has a former football player on there talking about what football players go through and just getting to, like, health insurance and pension and all that stuff it takes a lot. A lot of guys don't make it. And a lot of guys have to pay out of pocket for hip replacement surgery. I don't know if you know what hip replacement surgery is or how much it costs, but it ain't cheap. It's not like getting a tooth pulled, having your knee replaced, and you have no insurance from the NFL after carrying the football in high school and in college for free, and you play in the NFL for like two years, get ran into the ground, and now you're out, and now your knee's fucked up? But you're telling you these guys are over here telling you that you're selfish. Alvin Kamara plays a lot of snaps. He plays hard. He's going to be fucked up. I, and I hate to say it, in about ten years, Alvin Kamara is going to have problems. If he he can take care of himself the best that he can, but football is just the cost of doing business. This man's knees are going to be fucked for the rest of his life. So him replacement costs thirty-two thousand dollars again. You look at NFL players and say, hey, that's not a lot of money. You make a lot of money. 
yeah, again, the top tier players make that type of money, but yes, hey, regardless of how much money you make, like the hip replacement doesn't look like it's fun. Looks like they put a piece of metal in between you. And you're not, you're not was just supposed to go. This isn't the cost of like rehab. You know what I'm saying? This isn't isn't like this isn't like you go to the doctor, get your hip replaced, and go to work the next day. You're down for probably a week or two, I would assume. Like you're not just getting up and going back to work. And like even for me, like I, for me, I'm not saying it it was a personal thing, but um, our running back Marlon Mack, he's been in the NFL for four years. It was a fourth-round pick. Um, this past season was his last year, so he wanted to show out and show what he could do so he could cash out in free agency and make money. Game number one, tears his Achilles, right? That's that's going to fuck you. And he's been, hurt, he's been hurt before. He got hurt two years prior to that. So he's a free agent as a running back that played four years of college. So he has those miles also. And now he's out there as a free agent trying to make – trying to cash out essentially because that second t- second contract is the dream the second contract is usually the the five to double digit million dollar contract he wasn't able to get anything he and i love him as a player and i i i wish he was able to go somewhere and get paid even though it would hurt my team but the colts were able to get him back for a one-year deal worth under three million dollars that's nothing. He was a thousand yard rusher two years ago. One year, two million dollars. And if he gets hurt again, he's probably out of the league because he was a first round, fourth round pick. You can get those guys anywhere. We have a good offensive line. We can get a running back anywhere that'll produce. So I felt bad for him. I was like, I hate when players get hurt. I want like I, when I was younger. I hate when I, I would hate when my uh, when players on my favorite team left for more money because i'm like oh man you know you care more about money than the team what happened to loyalty but then you get older and it's like nah dog it's a business these guys will cut you trade you wave you without even thinking about it and nobody will care so if you can if you can get as much money as you can somewhere else i get it get all the money if you if you fuck around never win a ring but you have a hundred million dollars in the bank you won you're a winner don't matter what anybody else say, you're a winner. So real quick, we'll probably have to dive into this a little bit more next week or as more details come out. But a lot of y'all are going to need to probably be deleting some of these Deshaun Watson tweets. Because a lot of y'all <laughs> act like y'all knew this man, like he was talking about, oh, they lying. They trying to finesse him. Okay. I saved the tweets, so don't worry about deleting them. I already screen capped them. I will be releasing them if things go south, which it looks like it probably is. Like, I don't just reading the description of one of those stories, I don't understand why you're like I don't I don't understand any of it. I don't understand. Like they're posting pictures like, oh, look at his girlfriend. You think he'd be out here trying to mess with masseuses? Yes. Yes. I don't yes. I, I mean, maybe. Maybe he might. I don't know him. What did, what did they yeah. He like they said he like clenched and like thrusted his hips. What are you doing? I'm so confused. Like he was just like busting in the air or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this young man, but all I know is his thirty for thirty is gonna be crazy. I can tell you that. It's gonna be wild, man. It's gonna be short numbers. Like I said, I'm not about 
I'm not about to get up here and defend these guys that I don't know that are accused of sexual assault. I don't know you, bro. Just because you're from Georgia doesn't mean you know everybody, Doug. Hell no. I don't know anybody. I don't know these guys, man. I don't. That's crazy. This is this is insane. But yeah, like if you're a pro athlete, man, get this money. Let's see. After 90 minutes, Watson asked to extend the session for another hour. She's oh to work on only his quads. First of all, you're like you're a quarterback. You're not like Mike Vick. You're not like Cam Newton. Not like you're like running people over on a constant basis, right? Cool. I, why do you need another hour on your quads? Anyways, inner thighs, abdomen, and specific areas he requested. Allegedly, Watson developed an erection. She says, and also began. <laughs> Also began clinching and slowly thrusting the air. (laughs) (laughs) Were in pain response to her deep tissue work. She also asked him, was he okay? She replied that he was fine and stopped thrusting for a short time. Like clenching and slowly thrusting the air is a wild thing. Like, I don't, I've had massages before and that is. Neither of those actions have ever crossed my mind to clinch. Never. <laughs> You're clinching and then thrusting the air. Like, what are you trying to do here, man? What are you trying to do? He might need to leave. The, if this if this is true, he might need to leave the country. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think there's no coming back for this. It's just like, how do you, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have feel no bad. I, I, I just... I feel bad for the ladies that had to deal with. I feel you bad know, for everybody involved, man. I feel bad for everybody involved because this this is nasty on a lot of levels. It seems like so. It's like I said, he's either getting set up to look like the nastiest nigga ever, or he's like the Aaron Hernandez of like raping. Like he's just a nasty dude, like terribly nasty. I see the one or the other. It's there's no like yeah, there's no like one. I accidentally thrusted. And yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't it ain't like oh one of these is true. It's either none or all of them. Like if you do one, you did them all. I'm sorry, I, I, I hate to say that, but that's how it is, man. You just can't you just can't do one of them. You did all of them. You're guilty. You're guilty of one. You're guilty of all of them. Hashtag uh, demon time to Sean. But anyway, <laughs> this is an podcast. Definitely appreciate the support. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify. Shout out to all listeners, subscribers. Shout out to El Chapa, AC3 Savage, all the regulars. Shout out to Chan. Shout out to King Quest. Good. Uh, Queen. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, real quick. Occasionally <laughs> watch YouTuber. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why I'm still trying to get it to like two hours. <laughs> I don't think we're going to make it. But uh, anyway, so my song of the week this week is. Uh, Leave the Door Open by Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Hashtag Silk Sonic. But this is the live version, the version that they did at the Grammys. And it is way better. I like how they end the song. They changed it up a little bit. And I feel like they're doing um, what they're doing with this project. It seems a little bit um, retro as far as they, they're putting out a single. They're doing the rounds with the interviews. And now they're performing this single. And now they're like, okay, you like the single, you liked it live, put the live version on the record and let's get the downloads for that going. They're 
and that's what I, I watched the interview that, that they did with, uh, I believe it was Zane Lowe. And they said, like, hey, we're going to milk this. They don't have a release date, but they said the project is done. But they're going to milk this this song until it's done and then probably drop another one, milk that, and then drop the project and fuck our lives up. I think they're they're waiting on uh, Corona to get under control so they can go on tour because yeah. they got they have my that stimulus check is going to this tour. That's where wherever they the closest city that they are to me is where I will be at. That's where my stimulus is going. Silk yeah. Sonic, leave the door open. The live version, great song. They uh, they already said I think California is supposed to be open up for some stuff, but uh, damn, do I have a song of the week? I think I, I might still be on the Lemon Pepper Freestyle. Um, damn. Did anything come out this week? Tracks? Nope, 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 nope. Oh, why are you looking? Another uh, artist that I, I don't want to say I discovered her, but I, I've, I'm i aware of this artist, but I've never really actually listened to her, is uh, Dua Lipa. And uh, she's like, uh, she makes pop music. And I was listening to it this morning. Great songs, and I've seen like I've seen her. She she had some like live performance where she was like up there doing the bare minimum, like literally just up there shaking her hips, like just not doing anything else but just shaking her hip, and it looked terrible. And I'm and I like I'm looking back on that moment. And I'm like I'm listening to your music. You have really good like pop and dance songs. Like these these are songs that make you want to move. And that is what you're putting out there to the world. Like, I don't understand how those two things correlate. But the song that I would pick is uh, Levitating off of her album Future Nostalgia. It's a really good, like, poppy disco vibe. And it's just a really fun song to listen to. It's a good little dance vibe. So if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into, okay, if you're into good music, you will like her. I actually, I want to go back and listen to uh, her previous albums, because this is her newest album that she dropped this year. So I want to go back and listen to like her previous stuff to see if, if she's grown as an artist or if she's changed her style up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So appreciate y'all checking us out. It's KTSCF Pod. We out. Peace.